frontier. Larson, always oh, in. Hendrik Larson! That is sensational! Lambert! What a way to settle it! Nakamura! It's Tom Rogge! This is Celtic Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Welcome to Celtic Daft, our bonus podcast where we take a look at the hoops in a wee bit more detail. I am producer Ryan and once again for a new season, I'm joined by the main man, Mr Chris Toll. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, mate, we're through another fucking year us. Hey, honestly, like I don't even know how we're going to get. Th- I'm, I'm two weeks in to say like being back at football, mate, and I'm ready to gear up. You know how the season's about to start, and you're getting excited for the new season and all that. There was genuinely none of that for me. I wasn't mate, excited. I wasn't really I, forward to it. I text you on Saturday night. We'll, we'll get into talking about the games, but I text you on Saturday night before we kicked off against Hearts. Full of joy, mate. Full, looking forward to it. And then I don't think we've taken since. <laughs> ah. but absolutely raging. Right, I've got a few bits in to, to start off. So I want to start by saying welcome everyone listening today as we make our regular debut on the Football Daft channel, the main channel. Um, it's all changed here this season at Football Daft HQ. Not only have we split our podcast into two, so we've got the main show on a Friday still at three o'clock, which will feature everything you usually get, open line, player playoff, etc. Um, but we've also got a new show, which will come out on a Monday. Um, you might have heard that on this week's um, show. It's just called Football Daft Meets, and it's a series of guests this week. Uh, Scottish singer-songwriter and big Rangers man, Boo Callum Beatty. So he was a, a great guest that we had on. So that's out just now. You can go listen to it. That'll be every Monday. Um, we'll now be bringing you Celtic and Rangers Daft on our main channels every Tuesday as well. So if you subscribe to Football Daft already, and this was previously just on Patreon, we're now going to put it on the main channels for everybody to listen to it. So hopefully you can tune in most weeks. Um, big changes coming to the Patreon channel over the next few weeks as well. However, it's still the only place to get yourself on Celtic or Rangers Daft as a guest pundit. Um, just head to patreon.com forward slash football daft, get signed up to one of our tiers and we can be seeing you on here next week. Also, just finally, and I'll get I'll get done with all this stuff, Um if you listen to the main show this week, John will give you all the details of our brand new Who Knows Wins League, which is kicking off this Saturday. Um, go to whoknowswins.com. You can look up. It's basically just predictions. So it's, it's a bit like a kind of coupon that we're doing. And he'll give you all the details for the football daft um, fantasy football league as well and how you can get involved in that. So, right, there we go. That's me done. I'm a bit... Let's crack on. So if you've listened to Football Daft before, if you've been a patron before, welcome back. If it's your first time listening, we always like to get a guest pundit on this podcast. So it's not going to be your your, your kind of journalists, your ex-players, etc. are going to come on this. We want the fans. We want the guys who go to the games and support Celtic. This week, we're joined once again by Graham McLean. Graham, how's it going, mate? I'm doing not too bad. Uh, just as Crystal was saying there, I was looking forward to the season uh, more with trepidation than sort of uh, real ambition you know but um, uh, God the, it was just 
a horror show on Saturday again. Um, and to be honest, we I don't know where we where it'll go from here, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> let's um let's go back then because obviously we've not done Celtic Daft properly since the, the kind of end of last season. Um, so we'll reflect a little bit on the appointment of the new Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou. Chris, what's your what is your thoughts on Ange? Then you, you know, obviously, if we spoke a few weeks ago, you might have felt a lot better about the situation. But you know, the way that we've seen things going the last couple of weeks, what's your kind of views on on Ange as Celtic boss just now? I think he's get he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's had the offer of a job which historically has been a huge job in world football. He's taking it, and I don't think he's went into it knowing the full the full fucking uh, situation, to be honest with you. He's looked at that squad. Bare bones, absolute bare bones were down to. He said to the board, well, we're going to need some investment here. They've told him everything that he wants to hear, just like they do with the fans all the fucking time. And like I said, I know we're only uh, one game into the season, but it would not surprise me if he walked... What do you reckon, uh, Graham? When you when you seen Ange coming in, um, were you? I think most Celtic fans kind of got behind him, didn't they? You know, they they chucked themselves behind this guy, hoping for the best. You know, what's your thoughts on him? And do you agree with Chris? Do you think he's kind of been sold a bit of a dud deal so um, far? Just pointing on what Chris was saying there was, I think that he had to take the job because he's been desperate to get in the the European football side of things for. Most of his career, I would imagine, and then um, sort of spread his wings and show it as a, a sort of main sort of candidate for any other top jobs. But I don't think he would have had time to do research in the job because after the Eddie Howe disaster car crash, he's been thrown in, he's been offered the job basically and had to take it overnight. He's not had time to do any research. Um, I did, I do believe that this, the full Celtic supporter behind him, and we will be right into the bitter end, but it's just a I've just again touched on what Chris was saying there. I wouldn't be surprised if August doesn't turn out the way we want the signings and he could just say, this is just going to do my career more harm than good and just walk. He seems to be that kind of guy, Chris, doesn't he? Because we, we obviously heard the stories about him with Australia walking before a World Cup. You know, it seems to be quite sure of himself and what he wants and, and isn't he scared to kind of rock the boat a little bit. That's kind of what we need um, at Celtic, but... Do you think maybe he could be <laughs> probably the wrong appointment for, for Celtic in that sense? You know, somebody who's going to go, do you know what, shove this up your ass. I think he's the right appointment at the wrong time. See if he was the, see if he was brought in at the start of last season. He's the sort of character that would have that I think would have tobered them, if you know what I mean, at the start of last season. But uh I, I I don't know, I just feel sorry for him, man. I just feel sorry for him. He's over here. He's up. He's uprooted his whole life to come over to this club. He doesn't have his own coaching staff. And I don't care what anybody says. He's paying lip service to Kennedy and, and uh, Strachan because nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. The team don't seem as if they know how to follow instructions. And Kennedy and Stacking other men that are supposed to be drilling that into them on the on the uh, on the training ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's I think I think he's he's a patsy, to be honest with you. 
I think the whole Kennedy striking thing was the thing that's kind of that's that's what's kind of holding us back at the minute because for some reason that we're, we're we're unwilling to move these guys on and restructure the whole coaching side. I I don't understand from Kennedy's point of view. Surely he would want to be his own man and test himself and maybe even if it's a Scottish Championship job or something along the lines just to, to be his own man and move his career forward but he seems to be just hanging around now and it's 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 getting really toxic for the club and for the players I feel and I just I don't I, Strachan's just one of these guys that's probably happy to be part of Celtic and put that in his CV and stuff like that I, I get it from his point of view but from Kennedy it's like he's hanging around to get the Celtic job years all ago. You know. Sorry to interrupt you there, Graham, no. but all of this can be traced back to when Damien Duff left Celtic. I don't know if either of agree with me, but mm-hmm. that seemed to be when it all started to go downhill. And I think if you speak to like anybody that's got any sort of knowledge in the internal workings of the club or anything like that, they will agree that Damien Duff was a huge catalyst for how Celtic was playing football. Apparently, yeah. he was massive with the young players as well. The young players absolutely loved him. And I just, I don't know where all of this, or oh, John Kennedy's brilliant, is coming from, because for a start, the guy was a the guy was a defender, right? He goes out on, he goes out on international duty and gets a career end and injury. And somehow, ends up with a job at Life at Celtic, a job for Life at Celtic. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how this works. The guy, he, he might be the fucking best guy in the world. He might be the nicest man that you could ever meet, but he's not good enough at his job. And see if I go into my work and I'm not doing what's expected of me, it doesn't matter how nice I am to people. If I'm not doing my job, I'm out the door. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't understand how he's still there. Striking, that's just that. That is Gordon Striking's went. My boy's needing a job, and they've went right there. You go, Gordon. Do you know, Chris? See on that. That's actually not because I, I thought that before. That's actually not even true. Like Gavin Striking had a job down south. I can't remember the team. He had a job yeah, by Sunday. That's Stockport or something like that. Mm-hmm. Aye, but what, what I mean is he, he had a job. He must be actually looking for it. They've went out and sourced him for this. That's that's the actually worse for me. The fact that he wasn't out a job and the names come up and he's been hanging about or whatever, they've actively went and looked for this guy to bring him in. Whether Gordon said to him, listen, go have a look at him and, and get him in and he's got some sort of influence. Like He kind of came from nowhere and then he's done not a lot since he was there, apart from that one game he had to take charge. Um so uh, let me, let me, let me drew at home with fucking Dunfermline or something like that. Uh, no, it maybe, maybe Hibs actually. Yeah, it was when they all, it's been hard to isolate when Aye, Dunfermline are in the fucking same week. I was only yeah. joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, listen, we can talk about that all day. You know, the, the thoughts on, on John Kennedy, I think, over the last couple of seasons have kind of they've been down and down in, in folks' estimations um, of, of what Kennedy done. Now, I agree, but you said, Graham, he just seems to kind of be hanging on, waiting for this job to come up that he's never going to get because he's not good enough. And it, he it will get done... it. I'm telling you, I will get it. He will get it. Go, um, because you don't think that when he took over at the end of last season, that, that was kind of his interview and he didn't really pass it. Would you think they would give him another go at that, Chris? Well, the thing is, he, he's still at the club. 
I think they seen the 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 fan backlash and they thought we better get somebody else in here. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'll tell you what, see if it's only a few weeks into the season, what you say, Ryan, and Ange goes, like, I'm away. There's nobody available to now. Mm-hmm. Nobody available just now. And I'll guarantee you, like I said on the main show last week, right, and I know that you might think I'm talking pressure, here, but the guy, the guy that has told me this got it for a ridiculously, ridiculously close source to the club and somebody that's inside Parkhead and they've said that Postacoglu is a complete and utter fucking pariah in there because everybody behind the scenes wants John Kennedy to be the Celtic manager. And I'm telling you so now, it's going to happen at some point. But mm-hmm. the only thing that's going to stop it from happening is if it's in between seasons and their season ticket money to worry about. Mm-hmm. See if it happens now, all the season tickets are already sold. That's all I'm going to say. Would you say that's coming from the, the kind of board source, board side of things, Chris? Or would you say that's more the playing side of things that they want Kennedy it's, to get to it's, it's backroom. Right, backroom. Okay. Well, if that is the case, then they're all bastards. But we'll move on anyway because we've got so much to get so much to talk about then for the last couple of weeks. We'll start, boys, with the, the Champions League qualifier um against FC Midland. Um the, the first leg we we played really well. We had that situation we beat on, we ended up drawing one each, we got into this away leg. Um what was your your kind of thoughts on the performance, Chris? Um, in the second leg against him, I don't know where they got the idea that Celtic were the better team in the first half because I thought it was pretty much equal in the first half. Second half, Celtic came out, scored a cracking goal, an abs- absolute belter of a goal. But after that, we didn't really trouble them at all until Forrest came on, and then when Forrest came on, he misses that sitter. It's if it goes to two and a half, the game's finished. Mm-hmm. But my cousin points out quite regularly, Celtic have got this habit of missing a big chance and then immediately conceding a goal when they're on top. It happened quite a lot in the, uh, the Rangers games last season. Mm-hmm. It happened, I think it was, uh, was it Ross County away? And yeah. we, missed that, we missed a chance and then they get the free kick. And your man Aye. scored the head on the back post. Um, and it's it, he always says it, he always points it out as well when he says it. Look, we've missed a big chance and then we've conceded. And it's it's a bugbear and it's something that's not been fixed so far. Because it happened against Hearts as well. So, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's, looking, it's, looking forward, I thought, that, I thought that we would go out of the Champions League anyway. right? And I, I knew that we wouldn't qualify. Because this season for me is a is a transitional season. But the board need to get behind the manager so that we can make it a successful transitional period. I think the two things that sort of stuck out for me was that when we do lose a goal, we just our bottle crashes and then it just all the confidence just drains out us. It's just you can almost see it happening in their faces. Um another sort of concern that's I looked at was the fitness levels are just way off where we need them to be at this time of the season. I know we're, we're only starting and we need a few games to get under our belt, but we're miles off where we need to be. And that's a, that's going to be a big factor in the next few games because 
there are the fixtures we've got. We're going to be playing two or three games a week with all these qualifiers and all that. And with the, the depth of squad that we've got at the minute, it's just we could be in a really, really dark place in the next few weeks. So we just need to watch this space, really. That was always a concern um, last season as well, though, because we last season seemed to get to about 60 minutes and then the players just kind of fell off a cliff almost. You know, the, the, the fitness went down. Guys like David Turnbull, when he came in, despite not playing for the start of the season, started off really well and his fitness declined as the season went on. So I think that, that was like a kind of training ground issue that we've, we've kind of not rectified so far. You know, you looked at the, the first game against against um, FC Midland and I remember you had texted me, Chris, the first half an hour saying, if we can get the players to fit this system, we're going to score about a million goals this season because it was just, it was quick. You know, the, the players were going, Abada up and down the wing, Christie up and down the wing, you know, it was absolutely flying. And then it got to the second half in that game and we just totally disappeared. You know, the, yeah. the fitness levels were really- in, the, in the first, the first uh, leg against uh, Midland, you could see that it was the baton sending off that took yeah. the wind out of sails because Abada was flying and the decision to take him off baffled me a wee bit. I'll be honest with you. I think the, the decision to take him off because he was our main threat in that game. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, aye. Aye. And he got his goal as well, and that would have really boosted his confidence. So, yeah, no, it was, wasn't the right call, I'm afraid. So, another issue we've got, and so obviously we, we know we lose this game, right? You know, we lose 2 1, you know, four minutes into extra time, we concede that goal, horrendous defending. I want to kind of talk a little bit about the kind of defensive situation we've got just now because we started that game with uh, Ralston, Welsh, Murray. And Taylor as our back four. Now, granted, I would say Ralston probably had one of his better games for Celtic in that. I'm not a fan of Ralston overall. I don't think he's a, a great player. We could be doing far better than him. If we're looking at the, the back line, that's such a young, inexperienced back line for us to be putting out in a qualifier again. This happens every single year. We're going into these qualifiers with guys like Beaton at centre half, guys like Jack Henry a couple of years ago at these own O'Connell played qualifiers for us before we get booted out of Europe. And now we're going again with Dane Murray sitting there. And all fairness to Dane Murray, I thought when he came on the first leg, he'd done all right. You know, he'd done fine. I thought Stephen Wells, a, a half decent player. Ralston, like I say, Greg Taylor, Chris will tell me about Greg Taylor, but he thinks he's in a wee second. But, um, how how often do we need to go into these qualifiers every summer with a like not even below par backline for a team like Celtic, Graham? How how can that happen every single year? It's absolutely shocking. Do you know that it's absolutely it's so mismanaged. It's just untrue. I mean, I know it's the old saying: you fail to prepare, and you prepare to fail. Basically, so we're to to think that we're going to get anywhere with that kind of backline and. No disrespect to the boys, but they're nowhere near the level that they need to be at to, to play Champions League qualifiers or even Europa League qualifiers. It's just it's staggering, to be honest with you. I'm absolutely lost for words because it's not as if it's getting slightly better each year. It's getting drastically worse. So mm-hmm. um, it's just the whole, the board really, really need to hang their heads in shame because the why people are renewing their season tickets and stuff like that when they're, they're getting stuff cheated. Do you want to know that? Because they're Celtic supporters and they follow the club blindly 
and the fucking board know that. And the mm. board know that they need to do the bare minimum. And it doesn't matter because the sheep will still follow the fucking the company line and they'll buy the fucking season tickets. That's it. That's yeah. the bottom line. I think the bare minimum is getting shorter and shorter every year. Our standards are dropping and dropping further and further. So the bare minimum is going to end up being, as long as we give some sort of title race, you know, if Rangers win it by five points, you know, that's a, is, this, is that going to be a successful season to us now? It's just, you've got... The worry, the worry here for me is the fact that I think Rangers will qualify for the Champions League this year, right? And I think they'll win the league. I think Rangers will win the league. If I'm being 100% honest, I do think they'll win the league, right? This season, if they, they win the league, they go straight into the Champions League. So straight away, that's upwards of £60 million in their bank account, right? They don't need to sell their best players, whereas for us to keep up with them financially, we'll still need to sell their, their best players. And see, as long as we're selling our best players and we're replacing them with players with no disrespect to them, right? But players the level of Greg Taylor, players the players the level again, a David Turnbull, as good as good as he was last season, is he the sort of player that's going to take us on in Europe? Or even though I said to you last week, Ryan, well before. I think it was during the West Ham game. I says Turnbull's not going to fit into that system. Just to, to pick up on what you said there, Chris, about, about is David Turnbull the type of player that can take us to the next level? I, I would actually say yes, because I think David Turnbull is a very, very good player and can kick on that level. What David Turnbull needs is a team around the bottom of an equal standard. But David Turnbull can't do it all himself. But see, the, the great players, the great players don't. I, I I get that, but David Turnbull's not a great player. And when when was the last time we signed? We need we need great players, Ryan. But do, do, we, need, do, we, do we need a great player though? About. This is the point I'm talking about, right? We're settling for mediocrity, mm. right? I understand that David Turnbull, right, was a great was great for Motherwell. He had a good season last season. What you said, he started off brilliant, but he tapered off. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's not the mark of a great player, Ryan. It's not the mark of a great player, right? We've got James Forrest who, when he come back, we were like, "Oh, it's great, it's like having a new signing." But conveniently enough, his form before he got injured was all forgotten about because he was fucking shite. And seeing sat on Saturday night against Hearts, he was fucking shite. Right, I'm sorry, but the, the level of players that we've got in there is not good enough to compete with our Rangers team, whether we like it or not. I think that um, the only sort of great player we've got just now is Callum McGregor, who's he's, he's just after his, his captaincy at Celtic, and this is what he's got to deal with. So if he can guide this team forward, then he'll be twice the player for it. But I think um, with guys like Turnbull and Forrest, they're, they're great players in a day, but over a, a period of five, six games, they, they're just sort of Average to good, so I think that's what the, the kind of issue is with these guys. That's, that's the point I'm making, Graham. Exactly, a great player does it every week. Have you seen anything in David Turnbull so far this season that makes you think he's just the sort of player that's going to, going to uh, unlock defenses and all that? Because not for me, not I yet. Think he's the, I think he's the only guy in that squad that 
I've got any hope in, to be to completely honest with you, of, of being able to pull something in the bag for us at any I, point. You know, I, I can't I, understand I'm, he's capable of the brilliant. He's capable of the brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not a brilliant player. Right, but see what you were saying there, Graham, about Callum McGregor being, he's just started his captaincy. See that tackle on Callum McGregor on Saturday night? He got up and he got on with it, right? See if that was Scott Brown that got tackled like that? Aye, he wouldn't have done it in the first place if it was... Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. See for a captain, a captain, while they should... I'm all for... Uh, the longest serving and what have you and, and and this and that but for me Callum McGregor's not a captain he's a fantastic footballer right on his day he's as good as anybody in Scotland but he's not a captain for me you need somebody that's got a bit of a bit of metal about him you know what I mean somebody that's got that's got a bit of uh, what would you say and, and intimidating and stuff yeah, like that you know what just I mean a, just a, a, a bit I bet I'd Scott Brown about him, uh, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I bet I'd Scott Brown about him. I think with, with Callum McGregor being captain, I, I don't know if he's going to be the same type of... Well, he's not going to be the same type of captain as Scott Brown, obviously, because he'll, he'll no match that. I think the reason why he is captain is just a kind of respect issue, how he's kind of viewed. But I do agree, he wouldn't be my first choice for for kind of leading the team and being the guy that I kind of need to get behind to, to pull. Ryan, there's, not, there's not a captain in that squad. No, that's what I mean. I think we need somebody else in. We need we need signings. We need to get somebody in who can take on that mantle as well as being a decent player for us, you know, rather than just coming in and making up numbers. I think we need somebody that can, even if you don't appoint them captain, somebody can lead the team yeah. and, 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 and exactly. be that kind of hot heat. Definitely. See, like, like, for example, Petrov was never the captain, but he had a captain mentality. He wasn't feared to shout at people or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Same with Burley. I know I'm going back. I'm going back ages, you know. But like players like Barry Robson, Paul Hartley, you know, like, and that's why I, although I've, I've already said this about David Turnbull that he's not a brilliant player, we need to get a core of players that know the Scottish game, yeah. right? Even even if you're looking at players for other teams, maybe maybe a, a nice bit, maybe a, a Lewis Ferguson, you know, you've got uh, the big the big the United goalie who right. anything I've seen him playing I'm going to be yeah. honest with you he's got mistakes in him right but he's a big intimidating guy and he's no fear to come out and claim the ball and he's no fear to shout at his defence Yeah, you know but there's no baddies in the Celtic squad apart yeah. from Griffiths do you know what I mean but well, let's say about that the better <laughs> exactly um, you, know, you know the point I'm making though don't you there's yeah. no there's, there's nobody to be fearty in that Celtic team and see if there's nobody to be fearty in that Celtic team teams aren't going to be fearty Celtic yeah. and they're just going to they're going to be the ones that bully us off the park totally um, right boys let's look back at that game quickly um, where we feature we normally do your, your Celtic rated and Celtic dafty um, if you can pick one Chris I'll go with you first who's your Celtic rated for the FC Midgetland game um, it's the away game eh yeah the away game go with that uh, you've got you've got to say Callum McGregor, haven't you? Really? No, Andy Ralston. Andy Ralston. Fair yeah, enough, I'll, I'll go with McGregor just for his his goal alone. That was world class, brilliant technique. No problem. And who's your your Celtic dafty then, Chris? Uh, 
You can't say over him. James Forrest, because he missed that chance. Fair enough. Graham? Um, yeah, I was. I would have gone for Forrest as well, but um, I'll go for... Uh, I'll go kind of... I don't like to be hard and lad, but I'll, I'm going to go for Welsh in that one. I, I think he could have been a bit stronger in the back. Fair enough, fair enough. Right, we... You know, following that then, we dropped down to Europa League. Um, we're going to be playing FK, and I butcher these names all the time. Is it FK J- Jablonek? Is that the right yeah. way to say it? We'll go with that. It's one of the ones that's got a TS at the end, but is it not? Jablonek uh, is one of them. Uh, I, no I know it's a C, but they're, they're a Czech team, so... Aye, well, that one anyway. Um, I had to be like a day. No mugs, you know, they finished third last season in the Czech League. Um, behind Slavia and Sparta Prague they were only five points behind Sparta in second place um, they've no started a season can all guns blazing though they had a 1-0 home victory with a, a 90th minute goal and then a 3-0 away uh, loss um, on Saturday so what's your what's your thoughts on this one Chris how do you how do you see it coming I don't think it matters because we're going out in the next round anyway well uh, <laughs> fair, fair enough Graham we'll come to you then you'd be a positive yeah. than that <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a draw. I think we'll concede anyway. I think that's kind of a given, but um, I'm going to be positive and go for a one-inch draw Thursday night and start to maybe hopefully build a bit of momentum and a bit of confidence by getting a wee, getting a, a draw there or uh, a point, as uh, Ange would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Chris Elodie to there. Um, if we get past Jablonek, we're going to play AZ Alkmaar um, for a place in the Europa League group stages. Uh I don't really know the rules. If we lose that one, they will drop it in the conference. Is that how it works? Aye. Aye. This is going to be a great season, isn't it? <laughs> See if we manage to go out of three European tournaments before, <laughs> before the group stages start. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Mate, what, I can actually what, announce. What? See if we get put out of three European group stage, uh, qualification things before the group stages. I'm going to phone up Selican after a refund of my season ticket. Like, I'm, I'm going to demand it. <laughs> I think you'd definitely be entitled to it. Got to be, man. Got yeah. to be. Um, right, we we kind of touched on the, the Hearts game then. It was the, the first competitive game in Scotland for, for Ange, ending a 2-1 defeat. Um, in comes a couple of new new signings. Carol Starfelt gets his, his debut alongside Beaton at centre-half. Um, and Kyogo Furuhashi was on the bench as well. Um, I let them know they like to kind of tease before the game, Chris, um, about Furuhashi being in the squad. Um, didn't see him until maybe about kind of 70, 80 minutes, I think it was. He never got much much time, but we'll, we'll touch on him later on. But what do you make of a big Starfield's performance? I've seen a lot of folk being, being critical and some folk are going, he's actually played all right for the majority of the game. Aye, it, the, there was two shaky moments, right? I'm not having that he was at fault for the first goal. Because Greg Taylor is so far out of position that Starfelt's had to cover over for him. Mm-hmm. And when he's when he's went to challenge the boy, the boy's got the lucky break of the ball and managed to get past him, right? So just wipe the slate clean with that one. The back pass that he nearly scores on OG. I don't know what I the fuck he's trying to do. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I don't know what he's trying to do there, to be honest. But see, apart from those two things, I thought he'd done everything soundly. He seemed... He seemed to be assured of himself. He's quite fast as well, which I noticed, which is a good thing. We've been we we need to know that Ayer's gone because Ayer was fucking rapid. Um so you know it's just a case of let the guy settle in. 
que de gente en ningún You know, I think after a couple of home games with him, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be a pretty sound signing. I don't think we're we can go wrong with with these uh, sort of Scandinavian centre halves. You know, I think especially the Swedish ones are they're really they're, they're good. And he's an international player as well, so he's not going to be a you know absolutely hopeless or anything like that. So I've got big hopes for him. And like Chris says, once he settles down and gets used to his surroundings and his teammates and stuff like that, I'm I'm pretty sure he'll be a, a reasonable signing for us going forward. So we obviously went 1-0 down there, like you say, Chris, with a bit of, kind of defensive mishap. We get ourselves back in the game. Um, Tony Ralsandino, apparently, like <laughs> t- takes on about three guys, cuts inside, buries it. And I was in a pub and I seen him going through and I thought, he's going to score this, man. Like He's about to bury this. And then and it went. But um, what did you make of Ralston's performance? Because I'll, I'll go back to what I said the other on. Right? I'm not a fan of Ralston. And if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would say that he should never be he should never be a selected player. I don't think he is a selected player. Um, he's had two performances now. Um, mm-hmm. where he's he's probably got man in the match. Do you do you think that Ralston, with a bit of support and a bit of confidence, could become a player for us? I'm not going to say world class player. I'm not going to say like a, an outstanding player. But do you think he's got the ability to to actually become quite a good selected player? Well, that'll be down to Ange, won't it? Well, that's you know, it's, it's it's all about how he's brought on and nurtured on the on the training ground, and like you said, Ryan, I'm the exact same as you. He's not the sort of player that's ever set the head on fire for Celtic, but you know, if you're going to give out the criticism, you've got to give out the praise as well. And I think what you said, the the last two games, he's been really good. He's been sound defensively, and he's been a threat attacking. Not only that, he's, he needs to work on his final ball, but even then, you can see that that's getting better as well. So yeah. it's all small steps, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't ever see him being the first choice right back if we bring in somebody else, you know. But I think that if he if he if he keeps going the way that he's going, then you know he's a, he'll be a good squad player to have. You know, the thing about Ralston is that the games that he's played in are unbelievable for a guy of his age. He's, he's played against PSG, against Neymar. He was up against, he was thrown in at the deep end when Wostig uh, was in the fit. And then mm-hmm. he played Ibrooks and got stamped all over by uh, wee Fredo. But um, he's, he's actually got a lot of experience, but I think he's probably never going to be the first choice right back. But going forward, if he can keep pushing himself and keep developing and Keep putting in shifts like he did against Mitchelland and the uh, Hearts there. Then he's get, he's, there's no reason why he can't be a, a, a decent uh, backup player for us. Yeah. All right, so you just, you've just said exactly what I've said there, except in different words. You've just a thesis there, haven't you? <laughs> um, right, so eight and nine minutes in, boys. We're, we're, we're kind of pushing for this. Pushing for us, victory, man. Try to try to get it over the line. Last few minutes, and we find ourselves two one down for a John Sutter header. Um, it's another set play that Celtic conceded a goal from. Um, the goalkeeping is what I want to talk about on this one. The the positioning of Scott Bain, Chris, was absolutely atrocious, wasn't it? I don't even know what to say about it, mate. Honestly, it's 
the goalkeeping situation at Celtic is taking me back to before we signed Arthur Boris, we had there was a good what, six or seven years where we just could not get a decent goalkeeper. We went through Magna and stuff like that and got millions of them, yeah. I, we had we had we always had Rab Douglas, but it was it was always the fall guy. You know what I mean? It wouldn't matter if Rab Douglas had six or seven tremendous saves throughout a game. He always had that wee mistake in him where he would then be the uh, the patsy for it, you know what I mean? But mm. it's this is what's this is what's getting me. We've got three goalkeepers. Four, I suppose, um, and the three that have played first team football, Barkas for that that first Midland game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. he's actually pulled his hands out the way of the ball, mm-hmm. which is terrifying to me. Right, and then you've got Bain against Hearts, who for some reason is trying to cover the far post. Why he's a goalkeeper? You know what I mean? He's just, that's another thing as well, Ryan. I know, obviously, it wouldn't have helped in that situation. But see, I think any sort of free kick within twenty-five yards, you should be uh, putting people on your posts as well. I really do. See, to be fair, mate, see, just on that goal, and this is a problem that that I had. And obviously, I'm not a goalie, so I don't know what to get taught, and I don't know how goalie training goes. But see, if he stays on his line, he catches the one ball. It, it, it just it, it's there he's in the middle of the goals he just catches it do you know what the funny thing it was I mean we had that kind of warning sign about five minutes before when Shooter came through he got in the yeah. end of it and he went down and he saved it to his right hand post so it was a great save as well it was, it was great and I don't know if it's just come down to the, these set pieces again if, if we got no, he's just not got that presence to command his box or just do you know what if he's coming out he'd take it take everything out with it, you know, just clear clear everything, but don't go then change your mind and then you're you're in no man's land after that, so it's just this whole, he's got absolutely zero presence, and neither does Barkos anyway, so mm. we are in dire straits with the goalkeepers at this minute in time. The thing the thing that I always say about our goalies, and I'm actually not going to take full credit for it because it wasn't me to come up with it, um, but we've got three goalies at this club who don't save shots, and you know, ever since I heard it, it's the best way to put it. Like we literally have goalies that don't save any shots. Like there's no point in them being there. With Brazil just putting another defender on the line and hoping for the best. Do you know what I mean? They don't dare. Because they've got strikers that don't score goals either. Aye, <laughs> we've got midfielders that don't midfield. midfield. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so listen, defeat for Ange in the first league game. Um, we've seen a lot of porn on Twitter taking aim at the board um, after this one. I know I've seen somebody putting something on about going up to Parkhead next Sunday evening. Like, if you're listening, don't do that, right? That's embarrassing. Don't do that, right? But, you know, the, the outpouring is not even aimed at Ange. It's aimed at the board, Chris. Um, do, do you think that... The answer's going to be no. I know the answer's going to be no, but do you think anything will change, you know, if people were to voice their opinions? I'd like to think it will because... Dominic Mackay is supposed to be this forward-thinking fucking wordsmith that can talk the birds out of the trees. You know what I mean? So see if he's able to do that. I don't see there's, don't see any reason why he can't put that towards bringing players into the club that we need. 
you know, I mean, we're talking about uh, you'll need to forgive me. I, I can't remember the guy's name, the, the young French left back that we were trying to sign. Is it so? Uh, uh, oh, no, that's the that's the right back, Aurelia Butter. Aye, Butter, mate. Apparently, the, what I'm hearing is we've been fucking art, we've been haggling over half a million quid. Now, this guy is highly rated, right? Highly rated. And see if we're penny pinching for half a million quid after the amount of money that we've brought in mm-hmm. since January alone. Then, you know, there's, I've got a feeling that there's still a. I think uh, Lowell's still got a huge hand in it, Celtic Park. Yeah. Whether, I mean... whether he's in person or not. Even if you the, the Joe Hart one as well, um, you know, that should be the most straightforward deal on the planet. The guy wants to play first-team football, you know. I'm sure he would jump at the chance to come up to, to Celtic and that's just gone stop dead in the water from, from mm-hmm. what I'm hearing just now. So, We've like got, said, uh, yeah. There's a couple, of, a couple of transfers that we'll deal with in the week kind of transfer news later on anyway and the two of them will be, will be mentioned, so we'll, we'll get into in a bit more detail shortly. Um, but looking ahead then, boys, to Dundee, um, James McPakeside coming to Parkhead on Sunday. How vital is it, Graham, that Ange picks up a victory already this season? You know, I, I know every game is so important, but how vital is it that he gets a win here? It's absolutely essential, is the word I can put it, because um, you're at home for the first time. This is your first domestic league game at home in front of fans for, for ages now, and you've got to get something going. You really, really need to do. You need not only need to win, but you need to win well on Sunday. And I'm not really first either, to be honest with you, about Thursday night, but Sunday's the big one and we need to, to put in a, a real performance. And if we can take two or three goals off Dundee and just get a bit of positivity back in the place, then that'll do wonders for us. So it's just, it is vital, basically. Chris, Graham mentioned there about getting a, a few goals against Dundee. Um, Sunday we haven't even discussed on this this episode yet as our star striker, Alton Edward. Um, simple question: Would you play him? No, I would. He doesn't look interested. Um, if he's somebody that wants away from the club, why is he not making himself look like a superstar? Mm. No, if you're an if you're an English club scouting him now, what 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 report are you going back with? He doesn't look interested. He's lazy. I exactly like you said, bad, bad attitude. I would cut my losses with him and see if somebody wants to pay fifteen million for him. Get him to fuck. The only the only issue that you've got there is, a yet he's still injured. I think. Am I right? I think so. I, I can't remember if he was on. I'm just going to double check just now while you're while you're talking and see if he was on the bench the other day because. Um, I can't exactly remember who we had. Let me see. Um, I think I did see him on the bench with his, uh, his jersey, but he wasn't wearing it. He was, I was on the bench at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, well, if, if, if I yeah, he's fit, then there must be something happening with him that he's not getting a look in because Edward's not kicking his own ass. So, uh, again, it's. Why I don't understand this, right? See, look, we spoke about this before, Ryan. Pre-season, Edward doesn't look as if he's born his arse, whereas Ryan Christie 
is trying to run through brick walls, mm-hmm. you know. And the the attitudes of the two players are so far separated from each other, and it's embarrassing. But and I made this point to you as well, Ryan, about nearly a year ago. I don't like in charms uh, influence on Edward. I don't like yeah. it. I think he's he's a big reason why Edwards went in this direction. And all right, and Charm's not there anymore. We've cut our losses, we've just let him go for free. But I don't know, is Edward trying to fucking work his ticket as well that way? I don't know. But it's just it's embarrassing watching him play and he looks as and do you know what else he does see every time he gets the ball? He refuses to fucking release it. And when he does try to release it, he tries to do some sort of fancy flick. Mm-hmm. Just fucking put your foot in the ball, find the pass, or have a go at goal. That was your concern last season, Chris, wasn't it, with, with Edward, about the kind of not releasing the ball quick enough and yep. holding on to it, try to be too fancy with it rather than just doing what he can do, you know, be quick with the ball. Um, Graham, what's your what's your thoughts on on Edward? Would you be happy, like Chris says, to just see him, see him gone? Yeah, I mean, what's kind of sort of concerning me is that he's... His transfer draw, uh, value is just dropping, like exactly. now. And we were uh, this figure about what twenty million pounds has been bandied about from Brighton. But do you know what? They could just turn around to us and say, "Listen, there's ten million. Take it or leave it." And then we're stuck. You know, we're, we probably need to take that kind of hit. But I would, I wouldn't start either because I'd rather play a false nine than start Edward at this moment in time. To be honest with you, because he's he's not interested. It's quite clear to see. Um, it's an interesting point you raise about Cham being an influence because it does look like he's become a, a superstar in his own head. I mean, he's banging them in for the French under 21s and he's, he's he thinks he's made it before he's he's really made it. So um, well, everybody feels to remember as I think Edward's 23 now, isn't he? Is he? Uh, he's, he's still playing for the French under 21s. <laughs> now, see if, you were the superstar, if you were the superstar that you think you are, you make that step up to the, the full international squad. You know what I mean? So, I, you know what he needs? He needs somebody to give him a fucking punch right in the mouth. That's what he needs. Um, just having a real look just now. 23, and I'm pretty sure this is the last season that he can play for the under-21s. I never even called under-21s. Have you let him in? Over? I don't know. I think it's just an RM for reserves, isn't it? Pretty much the French reserves. Uh, sounds like a fucking army, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, right. So in in our skin, then boys, I'm going to we're going to look for the rated and dafties in this one as well. So Chris, who's your who would say it's Celtic rated in this game? That's a Hearts game. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that's a Hearts game. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's, there's no team, I'll go to Alston again, fuck it. Graham? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, Alston and that. You've got to give him a his goal anyway. Fair enough. And Dafty, then, Chris? Uh, Scott Bain. Graham? Do you know what? I'm going to go for Abada because that dive is just embarrassing. Just full stop embarrassing because... Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that actually. Yeah, no, it was just a bit bone. I just looked away and thought, God, is this what we are coming to when stuff like that's starting to hit off? But no, no, that's got to go. Wouldn't it be that if he won it though, wouldn't it? No, I'd be like, if he got a good day. 
<laughs> right, so boys, let's talk a little about a little bit about some transfers then that we've got coming in. So Chris, you mentioned earlier on, um, we've been linked with the the right back who's been dubbed the next Jeremy Frimpong or Elio Buta. Um, apparently the deal was done, which we've seen the other night on Twitter. However, it's went a little bit quiet. Um, and I don't know we a wee bit of research today. He played last night for Antwerp. Um, so that would maybe suggest that a deal isn't as close as we think. Um, they lost one now. He played right back and the left wing player scored. So I don't really know if that's good for him or not. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, always, don't read too far into that for fuck's sake. I know, I know. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this one? That's something we need to we need to get done if it's one of Andrew's main, main signings that he wants to make. I would be more inclined to left back now. Um, we also need a centre half. We need a ball winning midfielder. That's not going to be a red card waiting to happen because Sorrow at the moment looks like he's going to be a bit of a liability. Um, let's be honest, he should have been off on Saturday and all that tackle on holiday. That was a badging. No, that was a good one. Um, good tackle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also we also need. I think we need two strikers, and I think we need somebody for cover on the left hand side. And um, so, right right now, going on Ralston's last two performances, right back isn't the most important position for me right at the, right at this precise minute. But if the opportunity arises to get the right person in then it's a no-brainer. So if they think that this guy is the right person, then I don't see why uh, we don't complete the move. But there's other more pressing issues within that team. Agree that one, Graham? Yeah, I would definitely listen. Just get it done. Get it done this weekend because um, no Nurlick will end up getting injured or something like that and then we're back to square one. So just get this sorted out. And um, just what you're saying about the left-backs, my, my problem with that is that I don't think we're going to get a left back until we move on Ball and Golly or Greg Taylor at this minute in time. So, uh, Where's your script with Ball and Golly? He was on the bench the other day. He's, he's yeah. in the squads. No, he's in the squads. So I, I think he would fit that system much better than Greg Taylor. Well, to be fair, Greg Taylor came off and it was Adam Montgomery that came on for him rather than mm-hmm. Bolly. So he, he seems to have failed in doing that pecking order. Whether somebody said to Ange, like behind the scenes, listen, put him in the squad because you need it, but don't bother use him. Um, use the young boy. Well, do you know what? See if see if he can people can text the lassies and still be allowed to play for Celtic. Then I don't understand why somebody who basically just went to Spain for a gobble can he fucking can he get a game for Celtic? <laughs> uh, fair point. Can can he argue with that one? Uh-huh. Um, Another wee transfer, bit of news that was done today. Um, it's not major. Jonathan Afalabi, the Irish striker that we've got, is signed for Air United on loan as well. So he's on a way out. So kind of looks like he's going to be one of these players that we loan out until his contract comes in, end, I reckon. Um, Another young but, career ruined by Celtic. Mate, by all accounts, he was on loan at Dunfermline before and they really, really liked him. Like they were. Uh, they he was on loan at Dundee last season. Is that uh, what it was, Dundee? Aye, anyways, it was really good for my family. So interesting. Is that interesting? When does contact up? Is that another twelve months or so? Or I'm, well, I mean, I'll, I'll not like you. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, 
but well, did they not sign a new? Did they not sign a new contract before they went on one even be last season? All oh, right, okay, so they have another year to go then. They have I. But see when you're see when you're skating the barrel for strikers and you're letting one go. Aye, it's you know it's yeah, you need yeah, to start no asking questions. Um, I get a three a three year deal back in twenty nineteen. So unless that has happened and he's got a new contract, I can't see. Um, that's my Alexa shouting me shut up. Um, aye. That might be his last his last move then if he hasn't signed a new contract and we don't know about it. Um so the other one I've seen as well, um we can we'll talk about Joe Hart actually first because there's a bigger one after that. Um Joe Hart was apparently a done deal. It was about to happen. Um it's went a little bit quiet the last few days. Um after the weekend, Sean no Graham, how much do we just need to go bite the bullet and just get Joe Hart in the door and just start playing him in games. Yeah, listen, just I think um, these are not great in any of those three. So I, I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend I know all the the makings of getting transfers done. But every other club gets this stuff done pretty in the idea too, and it just takes us a, an absolute age to start mm. this stuff. So just get it again, get it done. We need them in. If we can't play on Thursday, it's fine. Just get him in and make sure he's in the the team for Dundee next week. Chris, the, the chat about Joe Hart has been quite um, polarising for Celtic fans. And when I say polarising, I think a lot of folk are going, absolutely not, right? But see if you take yourself out of the, the kind of emotion of having Joe Hart and paying him all this money to be an older guy who's been a bit of a dud before. What's, what's your thoughts on, on Joe Hart coming in? Like, Are you quite happy to have him? The guy, the guy's been at World Cups, European Championships. He's won the Premier League. He's played in Italy, he's played fucking up and down the country. What Celtic need right now is a wee bit of, a wee bit of experience. Yeah. And you know, he's not he's not a shrinking violet. Yeah. And no. see if Joe Hart makes a mistake, he fucking dusts his shell down and he gets on it. Yeah. See that mistake that Barkas made, he went in his shell straight away and then you've not seen him since. So, I, you know, I mean, the guy was the, the guy's captain in England. I'm sure he's got how many caps has he got? He's got he's no kicking ass after fifty or something. I think he's got about seventy five. So, you don't get to be the England goalie for seventy five games without being good. Funnily enough, it was probably Lee Griffiths that ruined his England career. <laughs> I probably. <laughs> Hey, listen, I can tell Graham's done his research before this, mate. 75 caps, yeah. spot on. There you go. So, hey. 75 caps for England like, is, is the SPL of the SPFL a higher level than the World Cup? Is it a higher level than the English Premier League? No, it's not. No. So, just fucking get the deal done. Get him in. Put the captaincy on him and all. Fuck it. <laughs> Um, right, and the last one then, uh, by the way, I agree with you and Joe Hart, I would take him in a heartbeat. Um, the last one that I've seen today, right, Republic of Ireland, under 21, and Shamrock Rovers centre-back Liam Scales is apparently on the verge of signing for Selic. Um, how do we look? Stats look all right. You know, he's a young young guy. It's an all centre-back we're bringing into the club and our young boy. To me, this deal, though, the, the issue I've got with this deal, it feels a bit pally. It feels a wee bit pally that we're bringing it. Do you think for a second... Graham, that Ange has been scouting Shamrock Rover centre-backs? 
Absolutely right. not, no. Um, sure. uh, I mean, I've, this is just got another sort of picking these guys up from the English League One, you know, I, I don't... This is Leah Connor. We, we, don't, we don't need this type of player just now. We need more experienced guys. We need guys that have played at the highest level. Um, if we come in, is it going to fit? Let's be honest as well, Graham. Shane Duffy keeps him at the Ireland team. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, aye, there's not really much much to kind of see on that one. I reckon that would be the type of guy we'd be signing for this, this Colts team that we've got, in all honesty, and chucking him down there. To... He's 22 years old. He's too old to be getting signed as a prospect. True, true. Uh, and also, looking at the member as well, as I'm pretty certain that Dermot Desmond's got some sort of fucking involvement at Shamrock Rovers. He does. There's, yeah. there's, there's, some, there's some kind of connection between the two, which is why we always seem to play them friendlies and stuff like that as well. Um, so, like I say, a bit too pally for me, but... Listen, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the boy's going to come in and go straight to that Colts team and play for them. In all honesty, but we'll we'll see. We'll see from that one. Um, Another thing, actually, talking speaking about the Colts, Owen Moffat, the two goals that he scored last week were absolute belters, mm-hmm. absolute belters. So he's playing on the left wing for the Colts team. We're struggling for a left winger. What's the regulations there? Can we just call him up? Yeah. I suppose if, if he is in Celtic's books, then yeah, I don't see what any problems that would have. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think they're classed as two two separate teams. I think we can pretty much put anybody between the two of them, um, because he. I, I think there was a game that we basically played because Ewan Henderson's been playing for them as well. Ewan Henderson's been running about them and then coming up to the the main squad for the, to be in the bench and stuff. So. I think they can play. They can play between both. Chance for the Canios. The flag stayed down. It's got to be. It is. Hey boys, we are currently recording Monday night. It's nine o'clock. Love Island on. Thank you very much for listening to Celtic Daft. But I am out of here. Um, remember to keep listening. And if you want to become a pundit on this this show, remember sign up to the page chain. Get yourself on that. Look out for the posts every single week. Um, and you can be on this show, same as Graham's done today. Um, as always, we'll be back with the feature show this Friday and the all-new Football Daft Meets feature show on Monday. Now, in the meantime, please continue to subscribe, rate and review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but until next time, Graham, thank you very much, mate. Just guys. See you later. And Crystal. Yo, hail trip. Audio Frontier. <laughs>